And I turn around and there's this guy yelling over the music, like, hey, watch yourself, man. You're bumping into my wife here. You know, you got to watch yourself. You got to be more considerate of the other people around you. the idea of this podcast, I remember starting with a conversation we had where you were talking about being in Starbucks and thinking about the interactions, the everyday interactions that you would have with a barista, where you would say hello or not say hello, and thinking about the improv out in the wild and yeah. how what we did on stage or the principles that we taught even applying in organizations in very formal ways, how they were showing up in your life in the world and how you were daring to be human and show up out in your life. Yeah, I, I felt that improv had made it so that those types of inter interactions felt easier and more organic in some ways, that I trusted that I could show up to that moment and deliver sounds like the wrong thing, but to, to be present and, and interact in a way that was authentic rather than just like weird transactional small talk. Yeah. And you were taking some risks and you were, people are going to get sick of this phrase, expanding your performance range in mm -hmm. those, in those moments. So it feels like we've had some formal topics and we've had some formal guests and we've built big things. And we realized one of the things that we could do in this space is really just share those small dare to be human moments we have a live storytelling show now our next show is march 20th here at the mopco and that's what we do in that show is people just share their dare to be human stories in five to ten minute chunks of storytelling and we could do that on the podcast too that simply is just to share the dare to be human stories out in the wild is butterflies and that's what we're gonna do today yeah so you'll hear me introduce that idea as we uh, came in to sit down and, and to share this story uh, not too long after it happened uh, with Kat we've been sitting on this audio for a little bit so hopefully there's not too much in it that's dated we hope to release more of these stories where we share a little moment that seems to resonate with that dare to be human ethos and sort of talk about and pull them apart a little bit afterward and then when you're inspired to share your moments back with us, please do that. Either submit for our live show, the next one after the one in March will be May 29th, or for us to hear and maybe play on the air. Thanks so much. So this was something I feel like when it happened, I noted a way that, like, I have a podcast, so this feels like a thing to talk about. And this is part of the reason I, I kind of wanted to introduce more of these little side stories, not a thing that would be a full episode, but maybe just this little short conversation based around uh, one of these Dare to Be Human stories. So it was during the week, and my friends Ryan and Dylan invited me to go see The Regrets, this band that I didn't know at The Hollow in Albany. And I was trying to be in two places at once, so I was at this other bar seeing uh, Sydney, a student here. She was doing some poetry, so I went and saw her set and then literally like ran 
through Albany to get to this venue where it was packed. Like it was just wall to wall people. And in the hollow, the performance space is like this very long shoebox off to the side. There's a bar, there's an entrance area, there's a couple tables, and then you kind of have to like hang a left into this narrow hallway into this long shoebox where there is a bar at one end and the stage at the other. And when I came in, I could see my friend Ryan and Dylan. I was like, oh, they're here waiting for me. No, they can't even get into the space. And it's so full of human beings that they can't even get in to see the band. We can hear them, but we can't go in to see them. So we're sitting out at the outside for a while, and we go and grab some drinks. And we're sitting there, and I'm like, well, I'm here to see this band, and I'm going to try. I want to try to get in there. I want to try to see this band. And I'm a, a, a taller guy. I'm, I'm six foot three. So I'm very aware of the fact that me getting in to get my experience might be denying or hindering other people's experiences. So there was this like guilt cycle a while for a while before I finally stepped up and did this. So I finally went up and I'm about to turn 30. And I used to be like the punk rock kid that is pushing to the front of the mosh pit and throwing elbows and pushing people around and as I've gotten older, I've slowly like migrated back to the, the back <laughs> of the bar because now I'm more like I want to I'm here to hear the band and I'm here on a night out. I don't want to like some 17 year old to hit me in the ribs with their pointy elbow. So I'm trying to like squeeze back toward the back and find a place that I feel like I can see and I'm not ruining too many other people's lives. And in this packed scenario, there's this I feel like there's this uh, this language, this like way that you have to sort of move through the crowd and acceptable, like you have to sort of try to make yourself small and squeeze in between the small gaps or find this, these pathways begin to emerge through the crowd that you might find that like suddenly, oh, I'm along this weird game trail that has been forged through this crowd somehow that now people are constantly flowing past me just because this is the, the part of least resistance because some guy over there mm -hmm. is just like, blocked down and I'm not going to move and I'm not going to let anybody buy me. And me is, you know, I'm turning sideways and letting people push by. And during one of those scenarios where someone, you know, is like, I can feel the someone tap my so shoulder or something. So I have to turn and put my hands up sort of to, to make myself even smaller and narrower so people can squeeze by. I suddenly feel this tap on the back and I turn around and there's this guy yelling over the music like, hey, watch yourself, man. You're bumping into my wife here. You know, you got to watch yourself. You got to be more considerate of the other people around you. And I had this, like, what are you like? I'm, and I remember saying something like, I'm doing my best here, man, like sort of motioning around to the sardine situation that is happening. And he sort of like went back to what he was doing. And then I sort of just like look straight forward and try to, you know, get back into watching the band. But I'm just, again, going through this like cycle of like, wow. How dare he? Like, what, about, what was I supposed to do? Like, it was, uh, why is he so angry at me? Like, oh, I should like, I should tell him something. Or if he moves, or or oh, I didn't, I didn't talk to the woman, the woman I supposedly bumped into. I didn't even look her in the eyes. I didn't even like acknowledge her. And I'm, and he's the one. He's mad at me. Like, was did, was she upset, or was he just defending her? Am I like, what should like? So I'm just going through this cycle, cycle, and through like at least an entire song. And during the break, so after this like three minutes of just in my head you know, thinking about how I'm going to confront this guy and the thing I should have said and the thing I should have done, I feel another tap uh, behind me. And he says, hey, I'm really sorry I overreacted before. My wife and I, you know, this is not our scene. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. 
you know, our daughter's up there for the band, so she was here to see them. So I'm really sorry. And then all this hot red anger up in my head just sort of like dissipated into mist suddenly of like, oh, yeah, oh, that's no problem at all. I'm so, and then, you know, acknowledged, I'm so sorry if I bumped into you. I didn't mean to. It's like, no, no, no problem at all. And it just sort of diffused this situation. I suddenly realized that like how little of my environment I had been aware of for that last like three minutes and how little I had like really seen around me because I was just in this tunnel vision of the scenario I thought had played out. And meanwhile, this other person next to me went through a cycle of <laughs> like, oh gosh, like, ah, maybe did I overreact? I should probably say something. He was probably like, he just bumped into me. He didn't mean anything. Oh, I should probably say something. I should like, and if we had just, if he hadn't broken out of that cycle and acknowledged me that like he would have oh, no, I should have, like, and that would have been playing through his head, and I would have went out in the night, like, oh, that son of a bitch, like, what, (laughs) you know? And how often is that how it goes? How often does that happen? So it was just this moment that I remarked it, like, oh, like, the two stories, like, reconnected for once, that it wasn't this, like, the two ships didn't just didn't keep just passing pass in the night. night. They crashed into each other. Right. They no, bumped, they, like, in, they, they had, they bumped and again. They and they sent a little sort of, lifeline yeah. to each other and the gangplank. Yeah. And that sort of settled the, the reality of what had actually happened. And we, we now we were both on the same page. I was like, oh, huh. I'm back and I'm like here and enjoying the concert again and not in my, my rage cave. <laughs> it's amazing how... Both times, right? Both comments had such strong impact. One little offer yeah. can transform your whole experience. So you're in there watching the band, and then you know, he makes a comment to you, and your whole experience, your whole environment is completely transformed internally, yeah. externally by that. And then he did it again. Mm-hmm. It's like makes a different offer, and everything is completely transformed. Yeah, just by the one right that one choice little... that he makes, one way or the other. What feels especially sort of heartbreaking in the mm. story to me is how deep and conscious your intention was from the very beginning to be aware of your surroundings and watch out for people and be considerate of people. And then the sort of criticism you got or the critique you got mm. was like, you need to be more aware of your surroundings and not bump bump into my and feels like that's why it had such strong yeah. impact. There's this language and culture of that space, even in this place of like you're going to the metal band and there's this like violent, like people are literally just jumping in and throwing themselves around and doing all this stuff that if someone gets knocked down, everything stops and you pick that person up. Someone loses their glasses, like suddenly people are like pushing their way out of the way to like clear a way to find, you know, and phones are out and yeah. they're looking on the, the floor uh, to look. So I felt like I know the proper etiquette and how to be here. I'm a veteran of this space. I grew up in spaces like the hollow here, and I put my time in. I know how to move and do this thing, and it felt, how more careful can yeah. I be right now? I'm the good guy. Right. But meanwhile, in, in describing them, I sort of left out, you know, from their perspective, they were sitting, they were on these bar stools, and they were up against the wall. So they had tried to get as far away from all of this as they possibly could, and Meanwhile, here I was still, you know, against every effort that they've taken coming into their space and invading this little pocket that they try to protect for themselves. I think that was part of it was this clash of like, 
like what ah what, how do you what are you doing and i being like well i'm doing i'm doing as best i can i'm adjusting and i'm trying to keep present but accidents happen but uh yeah i, I just yes. it was one of those things i reflected on like oh if he had never said anything i feel like probably for the rest of my life there would be a part of my brain <laughs> like playing out that scenario that like on some long drive some point like that little thing would bubble up like remember that time when that guy like said that thing and we never like resolved that anger Um, so the power we have to impact people yeah and how much we don't know about the impact that we're having yeah right so one little thing we do or say can have this huge sort of cacophony explosion Mm -hmm. of emotion and thought and storytelling in the person sitting next to us and what we might see is nothing Right. We see them standing there, like tapping their fingers to the music Mm -hmm. and we know what's going on inside ourselves. And then we can make another offer and have just as cataclysmic a huge impact. But most of it is invisible to us, like under the water. Yeah. That's a big responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just it's that awareness of like in that moment now that I was just realizing this thing I left out of my story was a thing that if I had spent another second maybe to reflect on or observe in that moment of like they've tried to hide themselves away and you bumped into them like give them a little bit more forgiveness there in this perfect you know your perfect awareness of of the the rules of the road here maybe you weren't in that second and you you did of just having that extra little awareness of what else is happening and not going into that tunnel of like, ugh, you what? How dare you? It feels to me like you have such a strong core value around not just being like a veteran and mm. I mean, that's sort of an ego version, but really of being aware of the environment and being considerate of other people and taking care of them in mm. that way. That the accusation that you weren't doing that hit right to the core yeah. of sort of accusing you exactly of what you didn't want to be doing or the opposite of what you were trying to do. You know, I can think of lots of situations in which, hopefully not lots, but Mm -hmm. like I know those moments when it feels especially like unfair because it's exactly the opposite of my intention. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be generous or kind Mm -hmm. to someone and they say, how dare you be so uncaring or unkind? And you're like, I'm sure I'm unkind and I'm caring a lot. (laughs) But in this particular moment, like I was... Yeah, I think there's something in that that made it harder for me to even consider that my act of awareness could have also been unaware at the same time. That's right. Right? It's why you couldn't go like, wait, what's going on for them is because you'd been so wounded by the accusation. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and then again, getting into that, the same thought again wasn't, like, was that I had spent that time in the next interaction defending myself rather than checking in with the person that I had bumped into right from this from what right. he had said that I had you know bumped into her so like I was then in my head like oh like doubly then mad at myself of like well how dare he but also I didn't even bother to check to see if I checked with the person that I had impacted that I had instead focused on the messenger, the person that had raised the flag and been like, hey, your attempts at being courteous were actually a little bit incourteous. It was just, ah, how dare you? What, what are you talking about? Rather than like, oh, is that right. is that what happened? 
and are you being okay? like, yeah, are you okay? I was <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Right. Oops. And instead of like, ah, we get heavy about our response in that way. Right. Like, first of all, I, I, I can get really angry at you or I can get really angry at myself mm. or I could just go take it lightly and go like, yeah, that happened. Sorry. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, <laughs> just sort of get the weight of like how I have to hold right, it. Right. Right. It's funny sort of talking back through it. Cause I remember from like the tone of it felt like this, like, come on, you caveman, what are you doing? Which felt like this like weird, what? That's not the, that's not what I was doing at all. This must be misaligned because yeah. like, the way you're reacting cannot be in reaction to what yeah. I've just done. Yeah. Which again, like in the end, the, the man sitting there, uh, the couple there was for the ones that sort of completed and kept this the interaction together. Cause I was the one that I think during the song, I was trying to like, the thing I wanted to fix was like, I'm going to tell this woman, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, if I bumped into you, I'm sorry. And, but he, again, like he was on it. Yeah. He was on it and more aware of his own performance than I was. It's really rich. There's yeah. so much in there. We have, it feels like there's a lot of improv games we play on stage that are embedded in this interaction. One of them is the voices in our heads. Mm -hmm. Like, we, so you have two people playing a scene externally and then what are the inner voices saying? This would be a great moment for that. So how much you see on the outside and then the, yeah. you know, iceberg of what's happening underneath. There's something about how we, I think as humans, we're conditioned to mirror each other and mirror the energy, right? So someone comes at you with aggression, the impulse to sort of meet that energy or to sort of fight back. I mean, maybe you flee or go, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, sorry, but, but also just go like to meet the intensity one way or the other, right? Whatever that adrenaline spike does, yeah, you know, fight or flee or freeze or whatever it is, but to sort of meet the level of intensity, and sometimes that's right for the scene that you're in. Sometimes that's the right performance objective. But it sounds like being able to also, I feel like sometimes people are really adept at not just meeting the energy they're met with, but come shifting it like a sort of Aikido move, yeah. sort of, of like, you know, if he goes, ah, and you go like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, so sorry. You know, like in those moments when we cannot, or when he was able to just like in a moment go like, we are both here. And I could just go like, I overreacted, like have enough breath. Yeah. Or if you turned around and had done the same thing, like I took yeah. a breath and now I can say, I'm really sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. And just sort of reset as mm -hmm. opposed to just having the feedback loop of this is my habitual way of being it, or this is my unconscious sort of on rote with inertia going mm -hmm. with the flow. Yeah. Cause I think in that moment after that initial sort of, what are you talking about? Like, and sort of gesturing at the, the room, I disengaged in that moment. I was in my own story, in my own head, instead of trying to work out what had happened in that moment right. and solve the mystery of this dissonance of right. you felt a certain way about my actions and I didn't feel like I was. So what's, yeah. what's really happening here, which yeah, right. Felt like that, that engagement in what's really happening and not in that, that like you said, that sort of fight or flight that I had gone more to, I had gone fight, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
and sort of being aware of that, of being like, ooh, now we're both elevated. Let's, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, why are we here? And being aware of that switch rather than getting caught up in that moment and then just being like, ah, look yeah. around you. What was I supposed to do? Yeah. And then just retreating like that was whatever we'll agree to disagree kind of thing like I, you said I did something wrong and uh, well I won't I'll be aware of you now or something I yeah. guess I love this story because I think ultimately it's why we're exploring this topic and yeah. how this podcast is to say how can we do these two things of being more aware of mm-hmm. the choices we're making in the moment and the impact they're having and then expand our range of options say so what else could I do? You know, is this serving me? Mm-hmm. Is it having the impact I want, both on myself and on in the scene I'm in? Mm-hmm. And if not, what could I do different? It sounds like you had a partner who modeled that for you, and you were like, oh, look at that. Yeah. And I yeah. know what I know of you is that you were right behind him, <laughs> and you're capable of doing that all the time. So it's a great story to be the receiver of yeah. a moment like that as well. Thanks. So thank you as always for listening. Please share one of your favorite episodes with a friend. That's the best way for us to get more people involved and to have more people experiencing and and talking about these subjects. So please share an episode, rate and review. That's always helpful for us. And then we want to hear from you too. Don't just share, share with your friends, share with us too. You can reach us at hello at daretobehumanpodcast.com. You can leave us a message at 518-212-7886 or hit us up on Facebook at Dare to Be Human Podcast. 